Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen. Today, I've got Megan Gips on the show, and we're going to be talking about bipolar anxiety, kind of figuring out what you were dealing with. Uh, I guess I'll let you take it and kind of Mm -hmm. explain what bipolar is, and then we can go through what it took to figure out everything that was happening. Mm -hmm. Well, first, thank you for... um you know, starting this podcast, <laughs> I've also seen a huge difference in when I first met you years ago into who, who you are now. So good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I struggled with bipolar and also anxiety, depression, kind of a shitstorm of things. But um, in high school, I was very sensitive. That's when I first noticing that my emotions were a bit different than other people's. Okay. And, but I did have a great like high school and elementary school. Like there was no big issues, but I remember feeling like something is off here when I was like 16 or 17. And I would talk to my mom about it, like something, I don't think something's right. And I want to like talk to the doctor about it. And she was just kind of like, okay, well let's go. And we went and she was with me when we first went to the doctor. And I remember the, well, I just had lunch with my mom today and she was saying, I remember that first, first doctor's visit mm-hmm. because the, my doctor at the time, she just said, oh, you know, you're just going through puberty. You're just a teenager, like kind of. And so that's the first when that's the first thing you hear when you open up about how you're feeling. You know, that's not the first thing you want to hear. And I knew that this was something more than just being a teenager, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't too bad yet. So I was just, you know, on my way. And then probably early 20s was when the depression really hit. Mm -hmm. And I was dating my boyfriend at the time and I was very sensitive and I was just got to the point where I didn't think that this world was I wasn't supposed to be in this world like something I was just like I don't think I should be here I don't think I'm supposed to be here I don't think I belong in some way Mm -hmm. the first time I opened up to my boyfriend he immediately drove me to the walk-in clinic Mm -hmm. and it's like so weird they give you um, I don't know if you, they've ever given you like a sheet where you just like, um, like one to five, like, do you, oh, you know, I, I think I did do one of it's those. Like, are when you I, depressed? Yeah. And it's like kind of weird. And you just, I don't it, know. It's odd. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I had to do one of those when I first went to talk about like anxiety and shit. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same thing. And it's just like, yeah, you kind of fill it out. I'm like, yeah. And it just seems weird. It's like a high school test, but for, I don't know. If totally. You die. Yeah. And it's weird because I was like, yeah, I want to die. But it's like. But I don't know. It's like, but I'd want help. And I was like, I don't want to want to die. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I remember doing that thing and all of it. I was like extreme, extreme, like <laughs> yeah, not yeah. good. And he just immediately was like, I think you, I'm going to send you to the hospital and we're going to um, put you on the psych ward. So that was mm-hmm. my first time at the psych ward, which was weird. Cause it was like involuntarily almost. Like you didn't want to go. No, I did. I did want to go. Oh, like I okay. didn't want to go to the psych ward, but I was like, I don't. I yeah, know I yeah. need help. Yeah, okay. So I guess just really quickly, when you were 16, and that's when you first went to the doctor mm-hmm. about not feeling right, mm-hmm. and then when you were 20, it hit really hard. What kind of happened between that? Um, like, was it yeah, just... Yeah, well, like, everything... I don't know. I think everything was like... Like, did you okay. keep going to the doctor? Did you kind of just stop going and I, just ride it out? Yeah, I went to like therapy once and okay. it was not oh, for yeah. me. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you got to tell that yeah. story. I was like 17 years old <laughs> and went to like my first therapy counselor appointment. And she, I walked in and she opened this like treasure chest of toys that were all animals. And she was like, pick what animal like 
you feel like picking or something. Yeah. So like I picked like a tiger or something. And then for like the next half hour, she just like dissected that, the fact that I chose that one. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not like 12 here. Like, you know, I'm about <laughs> to graduate high school and I don't know, maybe that works for some people, but I was just like, I don't want to be here and I'm confused because I'm just holding a toy and whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but I feel like I did. Eat, yeah, I feel like I was pretty anxious those years. Like I moved to Australia and I'm, you know, I did pretty good there. Like I moved there oh, by you, myself. When did you do that? I, I was 18 years, 18 years old. I just graduated high school and I um, just bought a one way ticket to Australia. And um, it was so good for me. Like I everything seemed good and mm-hmm. like that's a pretty cool thing to do when you're young and like yeah. not sensitive and like anxious and I really like got out of my comfort system it was mm-hmm. great um <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. all bad no no the, yeah. Like, okay, okay yeah my life was like really good yeah. Yeah, yeah and then I don't know I just don't know what changed but I just all of a sudden started just like feeling nothingness mm-hmm. at times and feeling like I would just like stare at a wall for like two hours and just feel nothing. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that's so depressing. <laughs> but yeah, and then after the psych ward visit, um, you know, I was put on some medication. So, so it was pretty abrupt, would you say, like coming? Mm, yeah, it's it's so weird because it's so fuzzy thinking yeah. about those days. Yeah, it's hard to tell or yeah. remember. Like you think it would, I, I would have a better like story of remembering mm-hmm. whatever of that, but I don't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, it's normal. I, yeah, I, I guess. Um <laughs> But then when the, and then a couple months passed maybe, and that's when like bipolar tendencies started happening. And, um, cause I, I don't know if this is for sure, but I think bipolar for most people comes up in like young adult, you know, early twenties. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. I feel like a lot did. of, a lot of things are like that. Yeah, totally. So, so they put you on some stuff after the psych ward. Mm-hmm. What, what was it like in there? Like how long were you in there for the first time? Because I remember, well, for, for me, that was like the thing I was scared of the most. Every mm-hmm. time I thought I was going fucking insane, I was so scared to go to the doctor because I'm like, they're going to put me in this fucking mm-hmm. place. I'm never going to leave. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, I was just so scared of like getting locked in there for the rest of my life or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, what if they even like, even if I'm not crazy, what if they think I am and they put me in there and like, I don't even fucking know. I was just get so freaked yeah, out about it. it so and I'm, it is, it was kind of like the movies in a sense. Like there, I don't know, like there was people like schizophrenic people that were like kind of screaming in the hallways that would have to be put in those rooms with like just padded pads around the, yeah, yeah. whatever. And I felt like, oh, like I would, I would never say this now, but I was like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like maybe I shouldn't be here. But like, you know, what I was going through was still a mental illness and I still yeah. need help and it was different, but it was weird. Like they, wake you up at like 7 a.m. Then everyone goes, has breakfast together in this one room. And I was like, I don't want to go like, just sit there and just, I don't know, like talk to other people. And we all like, we're all going through some shit right now. Like <laughs> nobody really wants to be here. Yeah. And like, I don't want to have breakfast with everyone. I don't know. It was just weird. And then you have like different classes. Like they would do like a yoga class or they would just like talk about different things. I don't know. And you would have like counseling and stuff. So it's almost like, like a high school. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, or, yeah. Or like college almost. Yeah, and it's it, but it's weird. There's like different levels, and the first level is like you have to wear like um a gown, not a gown, like a medical thing. Yeah, like yeah. You would if you're like um, getting treated in the yeah, ER yeah. or whatever. And I hated that. I felt like I was in prison, you know, walking around mm-hmm. in this like uniform, and I was like, I don't feel myself. This is making me feel even more crazy. Yeah. And then, but after like a couple of days, if you're doing well, then they'll like up you so that you can wear your own clothes, <laughs> but you're not mm-hmm. allowed phones in there. You're not allowed cords, um, like 
phone chargers oh, or like belts. Nothing. Yeah, no shoelaces. Cause they have like TVs or anything, or you just kind of chill and read? Yeah, or? they have like a TV in one room or whatever. And But yeah. it's like communal. Yeah. Mm. So um, how long were you in there for the first time? I think the first time I was in there, about a week. Yeah, so not too long, but I mean, it feels like a very long time. Oh, yeah, that I could imagine. Yeah, and then I, I did think that everything was kind of getting better, I think. I don't know, it's so blurry. And then... Um, I started to go to university and um, changes started happening and all of a sudden I would get these really high highs and low lows, mm-hmm. um, which was bipolar. And how long would they last for? Like, say you mm-hmm. were like high, mm-hmm. would it be for like 10 minutes or like 10 hours or different every time? Kind of different, but mostly like a 10 hours or just like days even where like... It'd be really good for like days and then you'd be like... Pfft. Yeah, yeah. And there's like hypomania and mania and mania is the more intense one where like you see in movies or whatever where people like think they can fly or whatever. Like they'll like jump, like jump off a building or something because they think they can fly. Like that's like a oh, okay, intense, okay. intense mania. And then there's hypomania, which is more just irritable, um, restless. Like you talking mm-hmm. all the time, like you'll like clean your room. Like there's good parts about it. I like yeah. <laughs> looking back and I was like, I, I enjoyed that. Cause that's when I got shit done. But it yeah. was also times when I would make really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you don't think of consequences. So you'll spend a lot of money you know, message people, random stuff that you like the next day, you're like, what did I, why did I do that? You'll, but, but even like, you're not like influenced by alcohol or anything. It's just like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I would be like hypomania episodes and I would get drunk and then like, that was not a good mix either. Even worse. I would definitely like, you know, like hook up with someone without that. I wouldn't normally. Yeah. Yeah. Or make bad decisions. I would, you know, take drugs if somebody offered them or Mm -hmm. I would, you know, anything that was like, Oh, it was like, Kind of like I was like anything that would give me dopamine or whatever. I was okay. just like wanted it, wanted it more. Yeah. So lots of like 3 a.m. Like I would be having this like hypomania feeling, which I didn't know was that at the time. I mm-hmm. thought I was just like getting shit done and happy. And I would like go to the store and buy bleach, like hair bleach and just dye my hair. Um, so it would like affect your sleep and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's like insomnia. Like you'd you just be sleep. sitting there for like two days straight doing crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. Another thing was like, I would break up with my boyfriend at the time. I put him through so much shit. Like um, relationships when you deal with bipolar is really difficult for mm-hmm. both people. And I, you know, how a lot of people just kind of say, Oh, like my ex is crazy or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I can see why they would say that because you know, they probably hurt you and like, yeah. it's so up and down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe they need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get like, he knew that you had it. No, because I didn't really know. Like I would, like I knew I was on antipsychotic so, medicine. And that was after the psych ward and everything. Mm-hmm. You still weren't like fully sure. You were just kind of living and experiencing that stuff. Yeah. My, okay. Yeah. Like my psychiatrist was never really upfront about it. So I just told people I was like depressed or whatever. And then I would be like, yeah, no, I'm good now. And I would um, mm-hmm. make all these bad decisions, you so know, did getting you, tattoos. So did well. you actually think, you, so you, you didn't, you thought you were depressed and didn't have bipolar? Yeah, I thought I was just in a good mood. <laughs> oh, so then it was kind of, yeah, that would make it almost worse because you'd just mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm not depressed for three days and you're mm-hmm. like happy. And then, yeah. yeah, you don't really understand. Yeah, you're kind mm-hmm. of like dealing with not the opposite thing, but a little bit different. Totally, yeah. And yeah, I would break up with him. And then two days later, I would get back together with him. Like it was just such a roller coaster of emotions for all my friends, my family, my boyfriend at the time. Um, well, how long term was it? Like how long did it last? The, the relationship? Um, was a year. We like, well, we'd 
broke up and got back together like 10 times, like not actually 10, but like a lot of times. <laughs> and Maybe more than 10. Yeah. And it was actually like, I would start dating other people. I told this guy after a week, I loved him. Like it was just impulse, impulse. <laughs> like he was like, what? And yeah. And then that guy that I was dating from school broke up with me. And then I just ran back to my ex. Cause I was just, it was just like so intense. Mm-hmm. And these emotions, you just constantly on to the next thing. Um, so yeah, I like ruined a lot of relationships and things with that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So then when did you start to realize what it was? Well, here, I could talk a bit about like the suicide attempts that okay. happened because that was a big like, holy shit, this is yeah, like yeah. something I really need to take care of. Um, sometimes when I'd be depressed or I don't even, I still haven't figured it all out, but like mm-hmm. sometimes I would just take like a bunch of pills. Um, like I was on a bunch of medication. If I was just in the wrong state of mind, I was very sensitive. Um, I was, I would walk, it'd be like, what's it called? Walking on water? No, walking on eggshells with people. Um, like if they would say the wrong thing, I would just like blow up, um, and freak out and just say, I want to cut myself like dramatic. Yeah. Um, Just like you, you would kind of overuse it. Totally. yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like a cry for help, in yeah, a way, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I would, sometimes I like would take a bunch of pills and then I would just like immediately call, immediately call like the ambulance or text a friend, like mm-hmm. I fucked up and I would like freak out. Um, so like, like you would do it, but then you would call the ambulance yourself right away. So you weren't mm-hmm. actually wanting to right. commit suicide. It, like, I feel like if you really, it, yeah, yeah, if you actually wanted to, you would have never called. Exactly. But so you were more the so last, the last time I didn't call and it was, okay, was okay, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, I would like, cause it was like a cry for help. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do this, but I don't want to want to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, um, this one time at the, the last time I took like 50 pills and they were like strong, um, amount of medication in each of them. And I like texted a couple of friends saying goodbye, which is like, eh, so dramatic. Yeah. And, um, and then I just like went to bed. Um, my mom checked on me like really early in the morning because I probably went to bed really late that night because I was out drinking too. Mm-hmm. My mom came to like check on me and she laid down with me. This is when I was living at home and she saw I was having a seizure and my like eyes were rolling back or whatever. So mm-hmm. she immediately like told my dad and was like, call the ambulance. And then ambulance came, like had another seizure. Um, I woke up in the ICU. Basically, wow, I'm saying um so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I say like, like, well, there like, you go. Like just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I woke up in the ICU. I was in a coma because of it. I'm, my mom today, I was just having lunch with her and I was telling her I was going to do this. And mm-hmm. she said, um, you know, there was a time when she was in the ICU. She's like, what if she's brain dead? Like, what if she's not going to wake up? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really scary. And when I woke up in the ICU, I think that was, that was like my aha moment. Like I never want to do this again. Cause like yeah. that time, like I could, like they told me if my mom didn't no- notice me having the seizure, like I could, I would not be here today. So yeah. that was, that was the time where I was like, okay, I never want to do this again. Like I'm mm-hmm. never getting, putting myself in this position. I don't know. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I guess like when I, yeah. So I don't know. That's when I like went to my psychiatrist and was like, Hey, we really got to figure out this like medication sy- mm-hmm. system or whatever. Cause when, well, when you were in the ICU in the coat, like how long were you in a coma for? Um, like 24 hours. Oh, that's, yeah. that's and, pretty, quite a while still. Yeah. And yeah. Was it, like that. They didn't induce you into one. No, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. 
yeah, they, and I remember I woke up the next day and I was like completely fine. Like I was like not even sad. I remember Tessa came to visit me in the ICU and I was just like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, I tried to kill myself. Like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> when I think I could like kind of the disassociation. I can't even say the word disassociation. D- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like I think I was kind of doing that, like just not mm-hmm. even dealing with it. Yeah. I think. Or I was just like kind of in a man- manic episode again where I was just like, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, I, I feel know. like. I don't know. Also, like when you personally have those those feelings all the time, like well, not all the time, but mm-hmm. you were. I think it just doesn't seem that extreme to to you either, right? It's like for you mm-hmm. to say that. It's like how many times in your head have you thought like I want to die or I'm going to kill myself? Yeah, like like so, so just to say that, like I tried to do that, like it's not uh, th- that extreme to you. Exactly. But I was yeah. like thinking now. That I'm thinking like, oh, in her eyes, she was probably like, what is happening? You know? <laughs> yeah. But she was great. So. Yeah, that's um, good. So then after that, you mm-hmm. went back to your psychiatrist and got different. Kind of, yeah. After that, it, like, I started getting better, I think. It's so blurry. Like, I don't even remember this. I think this was 2015 or 2016. Like, I don't know. But I think it was still a while where I was going through ups and downs, but mm-hmm. not as dramatic. And it it takes a long time to get the medication you're on right. Like, mm-hmm. um, And... After like a year of figuring out the medication, I was finally like at a stable mood. But mm-hmm. then there was two years, which were like most more recent, where I felt like nothing. I didn't feel highs or lows. Mm-hmm. I felt like so numb for two years, but I thought it was normal because I was like, I don't want to kill myself and I'm not feeling this manic, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling mania. So this might, this must be just how everybody else lives, like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a long time to realize that like this isn't perfect or right either, but it's better than. Yeah, it, you kind of went sure. from, like, the one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. Instead of, like, landing somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, one, one other quick question. Did they ever tell you to, like, not drink? They told me all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no the- drinking, no drugs. And I said, yeah. You know when they're like, how many, like, uh, beverages do you have a week? Yeah. Like, eh, I lied. You just said zero every time. Yeah, or I'd say, like, a glass of wine. Yeah, okay, okay. I was like, fuck, it's weird they wouldn't say that, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was not allowed to be, you should not be drinking on medication. Yeah, yeah. Period, but, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Was, yeah, you don't want to listen to the doctors a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, especially at, like, that age, it's when everyone is out kind of partying and mm-hmm. having fun, and you're just kind of like, well, maybe you sit at home, and, like, I don't know, it makes you even feel more mm-hmm. maybe weird that you can't participate. Exactly, mm-hmm. The two years, so it was like two years that it took you to kind of realize then you weren't feeling anything. Yeah, like I remember like I didn't cry for so long and I used to be a person that cried all the time and I like missed crying. Like I was like, I wanted to watch like a sad movie just so I could cry, but I, I still couldn't. Like, mm-hmm. I, And I couldn't, I also lost my sex drive, which is really shitty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you lose like that happiness. I would try to hang with fr- my friends, but I felt like I had to like put on a face. Like I had mm-hmm. to like pretend I was like laughing and enjoying my time, but I was like feeling numb. Yeah, yeah. And that's like actually really shitty, but... Yeah, I had that too after my, I don't know, like the morning I woke up when I was super fucked up and it like finally, I don't know, after all my shit built up and hit me, I woke up and like I couldn't feel anything for so long, like the same thing. I remember that day it was my my birthday and my parents were doing a birthday dinner for me mm-hmm. and I just texted my dad and I was like, man, like I'm sorry, but like I know you guys put this huge dinner together and everyone's going, but like, I can't come. I was like, there's not a fucking chance. I'm fucked. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on. I can't have conversations with people. I couldn't do anything. And Mm -hmm. I just remember sitting there like, 
And I must have watched three movies in a row. And I was just looking at the TV and like, I couldn't even pay attention. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't cry. I couldn't like, I literally felt nothing. I was just staring at it like, what the fuck is going on? And that lasted like a long time, but it wasn't from medication. It was just from like whatever I fucked up in my brain. Totally. But um, same feeling. And it's really weird because I remember I would be like, like I was so fucked up. I wanted to cry. I'm like, I know what's going on. Like, I I feel like I'm dead, but Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there. Like, I don't know. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I feel like not a lot of people talk about like that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff um, because I just thought, oh, I'm cured. So like, this is fine, but it wasn't fine because I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I hear a lot of stories about people um, who experience that, like with any kind of I feel like it's any drug related to a mental mm-hmm. um, health issue, whether it's for like anxiety, depression. I mean, a lot of those ones are mixed. You take them for both, but same thing. People get on them and then six months later, or a year, whatever mm-hmm. it is, they realize they can't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And like I want to reiterate that medication did probably save my life. Mm-hmm. So as much as like I kind of like have some hate for it, I think it is so important and helpful for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it was for myself, but yeah, maybe do you still take it. I still do take medication, but a way less amount okay. than I used to. So I still have to like take medication every morning, yeah. but it's not as much, yeah. but I got my sex drive back. So <laughs> like <laughs> go team. Um, yeah. And I have emotions like normal people now, I think, mm-hmm. or not normal people, but like I do yeah. feel highs and lows like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. regular. That's good. So what did you, so that when you had that medication for the two years, are you, did you just take the same stuff and like dial it down or did you switch or how did, um, how did you kind of like get out of that situation of not feeling anything? Uh, well, there's two things. I did dial it down. Um, but I also like, I think I was telling you this over the phone, like when my grandpa died, like, mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of this year, I feel like that like really like cracked it back open, like mm-hmm. having emotions again. And I don't know the scientific like facts around that or like if that even makes any sense. But like I was starting to feel a bit more emotion like the like six months leading up to that. But I still didn't feel like my like true self and like mm-hmm. how I, you know, have emotions. And then I yeah, I b- completely broke down with that. And somehow ever since then, I've like been able to access emotions and feelings and like creativity way more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah. so that wasn't even like a change in medication. That was just like, no, that was just like situational, I guess. Yeah. I think that hmm. was more of like, a me, uh, like, I don't know, like me protecting my emotions maybe. I yeah. Cause like stuff can get stuck, you know, like energy and stuff can get stuck in your body and then mm-hmm. like some crazy situation or, you know, a uh, thing like that can let it all free again mm-hmm. or whatever happens. Right. Maybe. It just got to the point where you couldn't hold it back anymore and then boom, everything started flowing again. Yeah. It's like you have to break down fully to like be able to like move forward and your own self. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Another thing I want to point out, like I did the two years that I didn't feel anything, I relied on marijuana like way too much Mm. Um, because when I smoked weed, I could feel again mostly like I met like TV shows were better, like just you know it's marijuana like (laughs) tv shows were better like funnier i could feel i could maybe i don't think i could cry but like i could feel Mm -hmm. um food tasted better i feel like the two years i couldn't like food just didn't taste as good like life was more exciting when i like smoked weed but so i smoked weed almost like every night for two years which is like eh, shouldn't do and i remember (laughs) thinking there was no problem with it but i was like wait maybe this is a problem so i don't smoke smoke weed as much now no yeah like way 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 less so um 
but I do think weed had so many benefits because I was, it actually like really helped mm-hmm. me feel again yeah. or in those moments. But so you didn't was, get anything negative from it though. No, I mean, I ate a lot, I, like weight gain <laughs> probably from the medication and I gained weight because I would like smoke, like mm-hmm. when you smoke weed, you just want to eat. Everything. Yeah, yeah, true. So that was bad. Yeah. And it would be like nice to not rely on, you know, a substance mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know where we at in the story. What do you? What <laughs> well, do you? The thing is, it's yeah. Like what I was saying before is like I, my story isn't like beginning, middle, yeah. end. Like there's so many like sub stories within it, and I still haven't even like fi- I still haven't even like figured it all out. And so, like, like you're still working with it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm still like yeah, but I am. Um, yeah, but I feel like now it's just like a normal amount of like pain and mm-hmm. anxiety. Like you yeah, know, I don't think it's like like I I don't know. I still have days where like I don't want to leave the bed for days kind mm-hmm. of, but it's not like as bad as that sounds. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I st- still have like problems with, like procrastination and like yada da. Mm-hmm. And then I have days where I feel very productive. But yeah, like when I was going through that bipolar shit, I was like, would put shit off for so long. Like I remember working for Ride mm-hmm. um, at the time and like I would do videos for them and I'd be like, or so excited about projects. Like it really fucked up my work life because I would do, yeah. be so excited about projects where I would shoot, blah, blah, blah. And then I like couldn't touch it for months. Like for some reason I just like couldn't get it completed. And yeah. it was like, cause I just didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. It was like really bad. So sorry. Yeah, yeah, that I could, yeah. I mean, it really affect everything. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I was see. like, I wouldn't want to hire myself. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, because, yeah, I guess, like, what, so every couple days you'd have, like, just be up and down and all yeah, over the exactly. place. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to, like, control. Especially and when you're working up, for yourself, too. Yeah, it's like make, there's pros and cons about that. Yeah, totally. yeah. Because um, you've been working for yourself, like, for most of this time, right? Yeah, ever since I graduated from BCIT in 2015, I have. Okay. And I think it's been a great thing for, like, my mental illness. And also like a really bad thing because um, <laughs> it's easier to push back deadlines. And if I don't, if I'm like feeling depressed and don't want to do work this week, then it's sadly like that. Well, I won't do work. But if I worked for somebody, maybe that would be different. So I don't know. Yeah, I find the same problem um, as well because I'll do the same shit. It's mm. like if I, I mostly do it with like drinking though. That's why I don't, mm. I try not to drink much anymore because I get so depressed and like mm. anxious from it that I'll just kill a whole week. Like I'll yeah. drink on Saturday. I'll literally be dying on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I just won't feel like doing anything till Thursday. Mm-hmm. And since I don't fucking have to go to work, well, like I should. Yeah. I do, you know, I should get up and at least do something. I'll literally just lay there for three days and do yeah. nothing. You know, you can push it off. And, and it makes it worse too. Like I feel like if I were, if I had to get up and go and do something, mm-hmm. it would like fight it off faster. Mm-hmm. But you almost like give into that depression and then it kind of just takes over more, um, you yeah, know, laying like scary cycle. Yeah. Instead of because um, I remember before when I had jobs and stuff like, yeah, I'd be hung over and feel like shit, not want to mm-hmm. do that. But you get up and halfway through the day, you're, you're like, OK, whatever. This isn't even you bad. have to show up. You yeah, just do yeah. it. But yeah, it, I think it definitely makes it worse um, giving in and just laying there all day doing nothing. Totally. And I think we've talked about about this before what helps me to this day now is like eating healthier which I still don't always do but um, (laughs) like eating a lot more vegetables and Mm -hmm. stuff and like cutting out bread and like pasta Mm -hmm. and stuff has really yeah helped my um energy state 
and doing yoga. Like, I think it's really good to like find a hobby if you're feeling depressed, which is so hard to do because when you're depressed, you know, when people are like, oh, like just go walk or like go for a run or go for a hike or go outside, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, find a hobby. Like when people tell you that, it's like when you're depressed, it's like you don't want to get out of bed. It's like (laughs) just getting there is the hardest part. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's kind of annoying when people are just like, well, just get up and go work out. And it's like, the problem is like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it's, it's hard because for it to be beneficial, you mm-hmm. have to do it when it sucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's hard, hard to find that drive, right? It's mm-hmm. not just like, okay, um, I'm just going to do yoga. Like when I feel good in mm-hmm. three days, it's like, no, I'm going to do it for these three days when I feel fucked. Cause it's yeah. going to make it better. And like, I even notice it now. Like I wouldn't say, you know, I'm better than I've ever been, but I still notice it. Like if I don't do yoga and like mm-hmm. even 10 minutes of meditation or something during the day, I notice how much different that I feel. Yeah. And um, you always have to remember that when you're in the lows. Like. Yeah. And even me now, like some mornings I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's only, you know, really it's 20 minutes. Like what yeah. I'm either going to do that or I'm just going to sit in bed. What's mm-hmm. the difference? So, yeah. but it's really, it's a mind, like yeah, a mind game. it's really hard to like mm-hmm. make yourself do those things, especially mm-hmm. in the lows when, in my opinion, it's most important to make sure that you do them. Definitely. So yeah, like what I was saying about having a hobby, like find something that drives you, that makes you excited, like makes you feel like a little kid again. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good way to like get out and, you know, feel excited about something Mm because, you know, not everyone has a job they love. And I love my job, but even, but sometimes like it stresses me the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. so yeah, now that I'm like, not that I'm like a big yoga person or anything, but for me to find something where I would show up to every day and mm-hmm. it's nice cause I can reserve my spot online. So it's like, you have to show up. <laughs> yeah. You kind of like, you kind of like pre-commit to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or if you meet a friend, like I have a friend that we go together a lot. So that's nice. Like mm-hmm. the other day we were supposed to go in the morning and I like woke up, woke up and I was like, you know what? I don't really want to wake up and get out of bed. And he's like, yeah, I'm either. He's like, actually, wait, let's do it. Let's go. And then I was like okay and I went I was so glad I did but I was gonna just stay in bed so yeah I feel like you always you're always like I don't think I've ever gotten up and went to do like yoga or any sort of physical activity and regretted Mm. it after I know there's never a time where I'm like fuck I really wish I didn't do that it's like you always feel so good yeah it's just the getting there and starting and just keeping consistent like the more Mm. you do it the easier it is every time yeah definitely yeah but I think being able to pre-commit like that is really good too. Mm-hmm. And the, and having the person, like for me too, if I have someone who's like, yeah, let's like go to the gym in the morning at mm-hmm. seven or whatever time we go, it's mm-hmm. so easy. Yeah. Yeah. When you have another person. Yeah. To you don't want to let, the, let them down either. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How, and then I'm just going to talk about a bit about anxiety too. Okay. Um, just cause I just real, like, I don't know if I saw, heard this on a podcast or in therapy or something. Mm-hmm. Whenever you feel anxious, it's so easy to like, when you f- have that feeling, you want to run away from that feeling. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants to feel anxious. So I'm like learning to, instead of like run away from that feeling, cause it's like so hard to even do that. But all you want to do is when you feel anxious, like you don't want to feel that anymore. Yeah. So if you try to look at it as like you welcome that anxiety now mm-hmm. and you say like, I'm here for you and mm-hmm. like kind of look at it as another person inside of you and like hold it and yeah. like hold you tight and like be like, I'm here for you. Like kind of, I don't know. I'm really bad at explaining things, just but like, like that's being, helped me a bit. Being, um, I don't know, like just accepting the feeling and yeah. not trying to fight it off all the time. Exactly. Like uh, sitting there and just accept that anxiety. And sometimes then you'll f- like find the root of it, mm-hmm. you know, when you welcome it and like, yeah. Yeah. Like just fully feel into it and just kind of mm-hmm. like see where it's coming from and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. you can 
to usually, yeah. It's easier to break it down. Yeah, that's a good approach to it. Yeah, it's like, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been doing um, that for? Like, just that kind of, just like recently. Yeah. Yeah, I like heard it on a podcast. I think it was like Alexis Haynes or Alexis Reigns. I don't know. I don't know her last name. But (laughs) I think she brought it up and I was like, wow, that's such a good way to look at it. Mm Because everyone's like scared of anxiety. But like, what if we like welcome that feeling and, you know, break it down and Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just getting comfortable um, with it. And Mm -hmm. usually anxiety is just trying to tell you something like that you're doing something wrong or like it's just like if I were to think back on my life of everything that like when I had anxiety mm-hmm. and when it was the worst, like it's literally just trying to guide you to like a healthier life and totally. like realistically, but um, I mean, listening to it's still hard and it's just kind of building that awareness around it too, right? Like mm-hmm. most people don't really know what it is or what the feeling is. So it's really hard to tell what to do with it. Totally. <laughs> so it takes time. Did you have like anxiety attacks too? Or like panic attacks? Yeah. 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 Like for, or, Yeah. Yeah, I like I used to, I haven't had those in like years, but that was like a really scary feeling. And I used to people would be like, "Well, what's wrong? Like, why are you anxious?" And I could never figure out the reason. Like, I would always be like, "I don't know." Well, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's the difference between anxiety and panic attack. It's like anxiety, you can usually know why you have it, right? Like, it's sort of pinned to oh, something, right, to, like a test or to, like to something where you're like either going out like socially or mm. you drank and now you're hungover and anxious right. or. I don't know, you have to public speak or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? You can usually link it, but a panic attack is when you don't know. Yeah, okay. It's just like, it like, just yeah. comes out of nowhere and you're like, holy shit, what's going on? Like, you think you're going to die and the world's about to end. Mm-hmm. And they're usually um, shorter, right? Like a panic yeah. attack, um, I don't really know how to give it an average time limit, but <laughs> I would say usually for me, it would come on pretty strong and mm-hmm. an average one be like, I don't know. It seems like forever when you're in it too, yeah, but I would say true. like 15 minutes would be a pretty long, like averagely mm-hmm. long one maybe. So panic attacks, do you, would you be able to find the reason or was it like a subconscious, was it always like kind of a subconscious like? No, I think a lot of mine were kind of like, honestly, maybe a little bit of like PTSD based. They right. would start out about something and then mm-hmm. boom, it would just be like, mine were always kind of health related though. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden I would like feel something and then start freaking out. Like I remember one time, Um, like I literally had facial hair like this Mm -hmm. and it just started like, it was at the point, like, this is kind of like just when it starts getting itchy. Right. And I thought that my face was going numb from it. I was sitting there. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, can I even feel my face? And I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden, then I think I'm having a stroke and like it, then it just like takes over and for like literally Mm -hmm. 50 and then I can't stop it. I'm like, holy shit. Like what's going on? And I, and I literally like think. I'm dying. Yeah. I don't even know. And like I would just mind makes makes its mind up. <laughs> yeah. And I would just like get I would get it a lot of times about health stuff or I mean I would get them a lot when I was like hung over post drinking. Like mm-hmm. my first one that I ever had, I was just sitting in town hall and it just felt like I had no idea. I was just like it just felt like the whole place was like caving in and just like taking on. I had to leave. I just it's went scary outside. It happens in public. And then I even had one in Toronto like two years ago. I remember we went out there for a car show mm-hmm. and we were all out at dinner and um, I just started feeling it come on. And like when it happens, I just get really quiet and I'm just kind of sitting, I'm like looking around mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of like, at, at that point, someone asked me if I was okay. Cause like normally I'm like laughing and joking and we were all there and mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck man. Like, I think I got to go like sit outside and we were already outside 
like in downtown Toronto in this like patio restaurant. And all of a sudden I was just like, fuck, like I just got to leave. And I got up and I just left and I laid, like I walked into the middle of the street and just laid on top of this meridian and just looked like up into the sky. Cause like around me was just buildings. Right. And I yeah. was like, I don't want to look at, I feel like I'm closed in. So I just wanted to look up into like the sky and see like open, like nature, I guess a little bit. And I just laid there for like 20 minutes. I was like, I, I don't know. And I, that one wasn't linked to health or mm-hmm. dying. It was just like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's scary. Cause in like those moments you don't really like see, like understand your surroundings or even if there's people that people there. Cause you're just so in that, like, just like, fuck. yeah, no, it's almost like, it's just like sucks you into your mm-hmm. own head, you know? And then you're just like, holy fuck. And then yeah. the, it's like, you're trying to, I don't know. It's almost like you're trying to escape your own head in mm-hmm. some sense. I don't know. I th- they used to like scare me so much that I would be like, I need to go to the hospital. And then I would like get to the hospital and you know, when like the panic attacks over and you're like starting to feel better and I'm just like sitting in that ER like waiting Oh yeah. and I'm like, okay, wait, I want to go home now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I must've done that like a hundred times. By the time <laughs> you, you get, like you're dying. yeah, by the you're... time you get there, you put the dumbass wristband on yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I'm literally going to die. And like, okay, here's this mm-hmm. thing. And then I sit there for five minutes and I'm like, <laughs> fuck this, I'm going home. I know, yeah, and then you leave. Yeah, yeah. They're so, probably used to that. And sometimes I would do it multiple times. Like I'd have a panic attack. And by the time I got back home, I'd have another one would start and I would drive back. And oh, I would go like, no. through. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'd come back, I'd sit there. And then mm-hmm. like, I would do it three times before I went home or whatever. So sometimes fuck. it was like really bad and like would just rebound right away. Yeah, that shit's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad I haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess well, so. Like now, and like, what kind of yoga have you been doing? Actually, is it like mainly hot, hot yoga? Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know if the, like that. There's more like subcategories of that. Like mm-hmm. I don't know too much, but yeah. Um, like I started with just like a power class, which wasn't hot yoga. Like it was like heated, but not mm-hmm. hot yoga. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try hot yoga, which I thought I would hate because mm-hmm. like being in a hot steamy room sounds awful to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I don't even like summer that much. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, wow, I fucking love this. Like. Yeah, I, I feel like know. you would probably feel pretty good. At, I know a lot of mm-hmm. people who like literally love it. Yeah, a couple of my buddies have gone and like, man, like you literally feel so good after. Oh, totally. Like, and I used to hate like everything to do with cheesy like manifesting things and like you mm-hmm. know like I just kind of thought like yoga and meditation was like cheesy or whatever <laughs> until you really get into it and you're like, dang, this is actually has, yeah. There's something <laughs> like you really. I mean, I was super skeptical on like everything, mm-hmm. all that shit, and like. My brother, like Jamie had done that shit for like a long time before Mm -hmm. me. And every time he'd be like, oh, I'm doing yoga or like he'd say meditation. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, dude, fuck off. I don't even (laughs) want to hear that word. Like it's not real shit's Mm -hmm. junk. And like even yoga, like I've just recently started doing it too. Mm -hmm. And I was always kind of like, man, it's just like sitting there stretching and shit. Mm -hmm. Like what does it matter? But like I feel so good after. But I think it takes a long time to to build into it Mm -hmm. and you just got to open up and like if if you go into anything thinking it's stupid and not believing like it's going to be stupid i know yeah like, it's like you got to put 50 percent in it to like in order to get that other 50 percent back like yeah. that was like when i tried therapy again i was like i'm gonna go in this with a list of shit that you've just like bullet points that maybe i should talk about mm-hmm. and i'm gonna give it a chance because yeah. i didn't want to give it a chance and i thought it was stupid yeah but it ended up so 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 with therapy too, like, is that something you do regularly now as well? Yeah, like I I was, and then I slowed down a bit now. Like right now, I'm not going to do one for a couple months, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, the guy like is kind of expensive. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't feel like I really need it, mm-hmm. even though I think it's so important to go, even though when you don't 
need it. Yeah. It's still good to talk about shit. But mm-hmm. I started yoga and I'm finding that's like giving me a really good balance of like mm-hmm. understanding myself. And I like try to go into every yoga class with a different intention. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of say like set an intention for this class, whether mm-hmm. it's just like working on like I'm going to think about like patience in life or mm-hmm. like just um, my strength that I have or being proud of like progress, mm-hmm. whether it's work related or mental health yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, and I used to hate all the cheesy things like yes. that. So like actually putting the work into it now. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. Awesome. Don't just dismiss something until you not just try it, but like give the 50% mm-hmm. in order to like get the 50%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to put the work in for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, and yeah, with therapy, I think a good piece of, a piece of advice I could give mm-hmm. is to talk about what you don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay. Yeah. Cause like there is things in my life where I was like, it's fine. I want, like, I do not want to talk about this. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, Hey, I'm just going to talk about this because I don't want to talk about this. And then I ended up like, it ended up opening so many doors of things I didn't know about myself. Mm -hmm. So that would have been something that would make you like uncomfortable to talk about. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, Like I was sexually assaulted once and I thought I was like, I don't think, don't think it affected me at all one bit. Like Mm -hmm. I, the moment, like the day after it happened, I was like, I'm just never going to think about this again. And just like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, and even when I talked to about it with a couple of my friends I like could disassociate I think I think whatever I think yeah. I was just like I could talk about it with a straight face or whatever and almost like laugh about it because I was like that was fucked up like I would yeah. just say that and I'd move on and so I went into therapy and I was like I'm gonna talk about this and I don't want to talk about it and it hasn't affected me at all throughout the years but I just want to say it and then when I, and I like wrote it down in my um notebook or whatever and I mm-hmm. like read out the story of what happened and then I started bawling and I was like wait maybe this does affect me mm-hmm. or like there is more of a deeper issue yeah so yeah I think always pushing your comfort zone in like any scenario mm-hmm. um is good right like even like I even I think even going to a yoga class for a lot of people is mm-hmm. it alone is just pushing a comfort zone you're showing yeah. up to a place with all these people mm-hmm. like I mean, going with a friend is a nice help right. at first, right? Because you know sure. someone, but show up, you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And A, like you probably suck at yoga. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right, is just like built up. But I mean, and even the therapy, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of things in my life that I haven't talked about or just thought like, you know, this doesn't really affect me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually curious to go to one and try it and, yeah. and see because like a lot of people around me recently have mm-hmm. been going and... um I don't know. Again, you just never know what might mm-hmm. come up, right? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like super cheesy, like, you know, live, laugh, love, like your journey, da, da, da. But I like got into some deep shit that mm-hmm. like, like your subconscious, like emotions. And I like realized a lot of me, there's a part of me that like protects me mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. now with new things. Like, so that's why like. There was probably definitely some protection built up mm-hmm. around, um, you know, the assault and what happened with mm-hmm. that. And then maybe. I don't know, obviously other things in life. Yeah, and like, I don't want my family or friends to ever have to worry about me like they used to. Like, Mm -hmm. I would, like, I feel so bad to my, especially to my parents, like, to, like, say I want to die all the time. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's, I can't even imagine my child saying that. Or, yeah, whenever I had panic attacks, they'd be so worried. And so now I never, like, want to, like, show sadness. I never want to show pain because I don't want to worry my friends or my family. But Mm -hmm. then, and I think that's why I also didn't really have, like, emotion the past you know whatever yeah that time because I was too scared that I would like get back into the em- emotional roller coaster that I used mm-hmm. to be but I it is important to feel the pain in order to like move through it mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, that's awesome 
And the 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 psychiatrist you're seeing, um, or is a psychiatrist or psychologist? Therapist. Well, I do see a psychiatrist uh, too. That's okay. like gives the meds out. So what's the difference? I, yeah. So so psychiatrists can give medication. Psychologists mm. can't. Yeah, I don't know what the psychologist one. I don't That's know. That's the two differences. So is that like the therapist, the psychologist? I don't know. It's kind of I, I guess it just depends what kind of like degree or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, this guy can't or just doesn't. Is he just a counselor? Yeah, like just a counselor. Just okay. Like, just like talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the psychologist is the same thing. They just do more schooling, I think. Like technically, yeah. they they're more money. I think like if mm. a, a counselor probably like hundred to hundred fifty bucks, whereas yeah. like a psychologist is around two, I think. Well, yeah. The one I the psychiatrist I go to is like the one at the psych ward in Maple Ridge, and. His is more just like I go in, which I don't I don't know if this is what they're supposed to do, but it seems more like go in, like be quick. I don't even talk about what I'm going through. I just like say like I'm doing good or like, yeah, I've been super anxious lately. And then he'll just like write on a piece of paper and hand it to me. Like, I don't think it's like the best psychiatrist the- unless that's literally all they're supposed to do. But he doesn't ask a lot of questions. He just kind of like more like a doctor for. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, but that's not your therapist, obviously. No, that's okay. no, that's not the guy. Yeah. I, yeah. The, okay. And then the, it was a guy that like downtown that I just like go in and mm-hmm. that's when I like can like dive deep into like yeah. emotions and stuff. how long you've been seeing that guy for um a few months now okay yeah and it was i remember after the first one i thought i would like yeah because i don't think i like to talk about my emotions i think when i was like going through all the bipolar and depression stuff mm-hmm. i i enjoyed not enjoyed but i was so open about my emotions obviously i told people i wanted to kill myself all the mm-hmm. time like it was so dramatic i would share my highs and lows but now i just don't share anything even to like a lot of my closest friends but not because i don't like trust them it's just i don't know how to like access those emotions as much as i used to um, yeah like i'm getting better at it through like therapy and stuff but mm-hmm. I, but like what like i said i'm trying so hard to like protect myself like there's a little me inside of me that's like like don't feel yeah, this yeah. or like don't share this and don't mm-hmm. you know but i'm working on like it's okay to feel normal emotions and pain it's not all like the crazy roller coaster that I yeah yeah on. yeah so like you must be a little bit worried about well, you're obviously you said you're worried about family and stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. worrying about you when you express those. So trying to like kind of rebuild those relationships a mm-hmm. little bit for them to f- kind of, I don't know, maybe understand that you're f- okay now or I don't really know. Right. And it's weird because I've noticed whenever someone says like, how are you? And if I am having a hard day or if there is something that like I should talk about or something going on, I'm always first say I'm totally okay like it's fine it's fine Mm -hmm. i'm always telling people it's fine like don't worry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than just like breathing in and just being like this is what's going on yeah yeah but i mean i don't want them to worry and i i know i'll never get i say i will never get to those points again and i really believe that that i'll Mm -hmm. never get as low as i was well it seems like you're on a really good path with like from where you were and you're trying Mm -hmm. new things and obviously seem to have a lot under control now yeah and even Mm -hmm. understanding like your relationships with them and all that stuff like obviously Mm -hmm. i think it's really only going to go up yeah i (laughs) be like so sensitive about like the little things i've actually a funny story that involves you oh Uh, (laughs) we were kind of a dick yeah that was (laughs) a few years ago or something i remember like um this is when we both probably like drank a lot and stuff yeah yeah um i like knew you guys were having a party one night like you and jamie's house or something in brookswood yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, co- like a girlfriend like told me about it or something. I was like, oh, cool. Like I didn't hear about it though. Mm-hmm. And you texted me saying, "Hey, I'm we're having a party tonight. Like come by." Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, you replied saying, "Sorry, wrong number." 
and I heard you like did it on purpose, and I remember feeling so sad about that. No, I, I said sorry, wrong, Megan Gyps. I think. So I don't get that. Was that not so super? Like <laughs> no, I thought I you were just fucking with me. I was. <laughs> like, but you were saying like, no, you're not. Like I'm not actually inviting you. No, I don't. I don't. I don't actually remember what it was about. Yeah, I, I don't, remember I don't, being like, "What a dick." I don't remember it being about a part about a party. I just remember. That's so funny. You do remember it though, because I barely remember it. But I just remember being like, "Fuck." I remember it because it's the only time I've ever done it, and I've always <laughs> thought about like using that joke, not <laughs> not in the sense of like uninviting somebody to mm. something. Like I did. I did actually don't remember that I use it in that context, mm. but I remember saying something. But then reply, because you know how people will text like and say, say someone messages me and then they were like, oh, actually, sorry, like wrong Shelby or whatever, because you oh, have two of those names in your phone, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's no other Megan. Yeah, yeah. so it's, well, like, because how the fuck could it be the wrong Megan Gyps? Like, you know, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I've been meaning, like, <laughs> I don't know, we, Jamie and I were sitting there laughing so hard. I was like, man, like, because, like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny as hell, but I didn't remember the context that yeah, we used yeah. it in, so sorry, sorry like for that. that. I was so yeah. sensitive. I remember telling Jamie and Shelby, or not Jamie and Shelby, Jamie and Connor once, like, I heard people, like, were making fun of Ride, which was... If anyone doesn't know a clothing, like it was a clothing company, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you got your bike stuff, but yeah. it was a clothing company. I remember telling them like I was, um, when I was going through this shit, I remember I was like, I heard people were like making fun of ride and I cried about it. And it was like, what is <laughs> a not clothing even company? Your business. It's not You're even like mine. Crying. And I was like, I was so sensitive. And that's when I was like, what I say, um, people had to like walk around eggshells or yeah, walk yeah. on eggshells. Cause like, like, why am I crying about a clothing company that I don't like, I'm the guy's yeah. not mine and like who gives a fuck and J- i remember i love jamie because he was just like i don't give a fuck like yeah, yeah. i don't care if people like hate hate me or like mm-hmm. hate something i work, f- yeah. work for and i was like oh good point but good like point. <laughs> like do you know what i'm mean? I so sensitive about everything yeah so yeah and yeah people are usually pretty quick to judge too so it's kind of a shitty thing to have to deal with in today's mm-hmm. society i guess because fuck especially if you, i mean i don't know i mean you are doing your own thing too right mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the hard parts about having your own business too, is it's easy to get down mm-hmm. on yourself because people it doesn't even matter if you are doing something super cool. People will just shit on it because you're, you are doing something cool and they're right. not right. Totally. So, um, that's yeah. Like a guy brought that up to us the other day. He's like, don't you ever worry like that people might say something like bad online? Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause he was actually talking like about, about your podcast or about, well, he was company. talking about the podcast. Uh, He's like, are you scared? Like, what if somebody mm-hmm. says like some, you know, what if someone posts some bad shit like mm-hmm. or something? And I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. I'm like, people post bad shit mm-hmm. every single day about my other company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we build a style of truck that not that many people like. And right, so every day people are commenting saying, what? you ruined this fucking truck, things junk. Who would ever <laughs> do that? Fuck. And it's just funny. And it's like, yeah, yeah. and usually you go to those pages, like, you know, you go to the guy who says that page and it's like some dude who has like a $500 car and mm-hmm. like, I don't even know. And I'm just like, and they're just, yeah, they like get off by like saying mean shit. Yeah. They're just like, I don't know. And yeah. it's like, and I mean, yeah, that will probably happen here. Like someone's going to disagree with something mm-hmm. I say yeah. or somebody yeah. says, and it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, I, I just but it's don't great really to like, care. I used to, I know. And I used to be so sad, but now I like, I don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I used to worry about what I post or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And now I just, I'm like, 
I'm just so comfortable with mm-hmm. myself now. And it's so great to get here. And for anyone that's like so sensitive, like I was and worried about what people think, like if people didn't like me or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I hated that. But now I'm just like, it, does, it doesn't even cross my mind. I think it's really hard to, I feel like I went through so many phases where like I would say I didn't give a fuck, but mm-hmm. like now looking back, I still really gave a shit. But <laughs> people actually thought it's like, I was telling myself I didn't, right? but I did. Mm-hmm. And like right now, I think I finally feel like I actually don't care. Like mm-hmm. I'm really, really close to like fully not giving a shit. But for a long time, it's like, like that would have been like in my asshole times. It's like, that's why I was an asshole. Cause like, mm-hmm. well, one of the things is like, I just didn't, I don't know. Like I would say I didn't care, but my way of not caring was just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it so interesting to see it in hindsight and like, yeah, it was because you know. I kind of look back and I'm like, man, like, Basically, anyone who said anything bad or if I thought like, you know, if I thought some, I don't even know, if I wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. or I don't know, I would just, yeah, pretty much just be an asshole to like yeah. overcome those feelings, I think. Yeah. Whereas now, like, I don't know, I just don't do that. I know, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's great to see, like, I think it's important to um, look back at progress. Like when I, like the, when I went to therapy for like first time with this guy, the first thing I wrote in my notebook was I'm so proud of like the progress I've made and mm-hmm. who I've become and what I've learned through all this because yeah, I think it's just important to reflect on that. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. Go team. It helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And like to be able to write, I think like writing down stuff mm-hmm. for me, like really, you know, like journaling and stuff is really helpful for me to write down like my daily thoughts not mm-hmm. and not forget like the little progress and stuff like that. Right. It's easy to, you know, it's easy to live a, a, a year and kind of forget what you've actually done. Totally. And I did live like that for a long time as well, where like just months would blow past where I'm like, I haven't done shit. And like, that's what I thought. But then I'd sit down and be like, holy shit, like I've done so much stuff in the past three months. And like every time it was the same way, but it's really easy to just kind of like forget and just kind mm-hmm. of live in autopilot and just blow through a year and not really totally. ex- experience it. And yeah, like when I write stuff down, I, there's like, when I just start writing, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know I felt that. And then all of a sudden it's just like pouring out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's good to like write it down because like, I w- don't even think I'd be able to like under or know that I'm feeling this or that. Yeah. Know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think like physically writing it mm-hmm. is better. And mm-hmm. like, even if you just set a time limit too, and just like write even yeah. and just don't stop. Yeah. yeah. That helps a lot because, like, mm. so especially, it. yeah, my overthinking would always kick in, and mm. I'd be like, "I'm like, who even fucking cares? Like, who's gonna read this? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I'm writing to my fucking yeah. self, and I'm like scared to write. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense, right? So yeah, just setting a timer mm. and going. Yeah. Or have you ever tried like video journaling? No. So like, you use your phone and just like video, sure. like like you're doing a story, mm. and I had. I was doing it, but then it just takes up so much memory on your phone. I mean, you can delete yeah, them, obviously, but... Um, I feel like I could do, like, an audio one, but, like, whenever there's, like, a camera, it's it's way more, like, it's cool. harder. I, yeah, I found it, like, I thought, like, okay, I'll do one, and, you know, mm-hmm. each day will be, like, a minute or two. Like, I'll just quickly mm-hmm. talk about my day. They would be so long. Like, it'd be, yeah. like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I would just would, like... It was easier for it to flow than writing. I would just keep, like blowing words out my mouth and all of a sudden I'm like holy shit it's been like so long right um it's interesting I would try it mm-hmm, if you do definitely. do journaling yeah definitely it's it's way more it's co- um valuable than it's cool to see like the difference yeah totally yeah. Mm-hmm. the psych ward thing was 
like yeah. interesting to me. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm trying to think because that's what I was always like freaked out about. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, uh, and like I don't know, I just always imagined like what it would be like in there, and like I don't know for some reason I was so scared of it. Um, well, yeah, like I know, like I would be like lying in my bed at the psych ward, and like in the middle of the night, like somebody would be brought in there, and like. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's scary because then all of a sudden, yeah, you, like, start feeling for other people and you, like, see it in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Another way I think that was is really helpful to, like, get through something is to help other people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, volunteering or, like, s- some sort of way. Like, I think that's so, like, therapeutic in a way, mm-hmm. which is, like. So did you do that? I mean, maybe I didn't. <laughs> oh, my God, now that makes me sound bad. I don't know. Did I? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, no, but I think it would, I think I just read that somewhere else and I was like, okay. that totally makes sense. Like, yeah, helping yeah. people. I don't know. But now I realize I didn't do that. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have to try it. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, and I mean, I think it depends too. Like, that's something, I don't know. I feel like everyone has their own way of helping. Because mm-hmm. I get a lot of people who reach out and ask for like donations or, hey, do you want to come do this or that? And I'm just kind of like, fuck, like, I feel bad because mm-hmm. I want to help and like, you know, I'm not strapped for money. So right. like for me to give 50 bucks or a hundred mm-hmm. bucks is okay, but it does add up fast. Mm-hmm. Right. Where like, totally. And I second guess that stuff a lot because like, where's my money going? Yeah. You want to, you want to know, like, you know, and it's not like I'm like, think they're going to spend it on fucking drugs or something, no, but it, like, still like, I don't know. And like, say, so say there's a family that needs help and then the person organizing to get the money and then they're asking me and all these other people for money. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's opinion, like what I like, and I never really know much about the family. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather give a gift that is like helpful and could help ha- and could help them um, learn and make it on their own. Totally. Like yeah. I don't want to just like fork out my money for them to need another fork out. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah, give like it that's a long term kind of thing that can help them build their own life and make it on their own. Right. Like mm-hmm. that would be the point, but I never know enough about the family. It's just like, Hey, this mm-hmm. family's struggling. And I'm like, okay, like, well, what do they need? Yeah. And then everyone's opinion and that's different too. So mm-hmm. like the person who's asking for the money might think they need this the, like, you know, the mom or the dad's going to think something, the kid's going to think he mm-hmm. needs something different. So how, then who's right? Yeah, you never know. So I think it just like gets confusing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me to help that way. Like, yeah, I would rather, ways, yeah. like, I always, you know, like, I have people over all the time. Like, I show them how to make dinner. We like make proper meals and like I pay mm-hmm. for all the food and it's mm-hmm. 200 bucks and mm-hmm. they take it with them. And mm-hmm. it's like, I would rather give someone those skills that like now they can go home and, cook and do, that is great, do anything you know what I mean yeah yeah not so, just giving money or like but giving time yeah, bit, yeah I'm more of like a time person I think mm-hmm. and like I like meeting with people and just mm-hmm. you know because a lot of people are nervous to come on here and like share uh their stuff but I do meet with a lot of people in person as well and just like talk through my story and what they're going through I have people that call me pretty regularly and like they're just like hey man I'm fucked up again mm-hmm. like whatever and I think that's what I like helping with because I can like just give advice and see them make progress and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not really into the like money thing. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, I might be filming with a guy soon and he who messaged me about him going through depression and mm-hmm. being a male and it's kind of like a man up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you, have you noticed that? Like, can you relate to that at all in the sense of, you know, men in this 
time, maybe not as much now, are more told to just, you know, suck it up? Yeah, like I was definitely like that growing up. Um, I don't know. Like it was always kind of just like suck it up, you're fine, take mm-hmm. a pill or just go to work. Yeah, you'll you'll yeah. be good. Um and yeah, I, I lived like that for a, a, a long time, especially in the trades. Like I think mm-hmm. it depends like maybe where you work and what your mm-hmm. family's like yeah, as well, totally. right? Like and especially like I come from a background of like a family in, all working in the trades and then like dirt biking, you know, like Mm. more extreme sports and like everyone kind of in that scene is like, they're tried to be seen as like hardcore guys, you know? Right, you're not supposed to show weakness. Yeah, it's always like who's the toughest, the fastest, Mm -hmm. has the coolest cars and all this shit. So it was, I think the hardest part for me wasn't really, I don't know, I don't think it was really maybe manning, I don't know, like the manning up thing, but it was actually like, switching my lifestyle from that like it got to the point where my life got so bad that I had to like it was really hard for me to give up that lifestyle because that's what I knew right I was like okay I got to be this hardcore guy Mm -hmm. and all this shit but to give that up and do things like go to yoga and other stuff right like that's kind of seen as like I don't know like four years ago if I were to like said I'm going to yoga like that's just kind of like weird yeah yeah, you'd almost like laugh at it which i think is great to that you have this podcast as like a guy who car shop and like you're like i don't know you just from the outside you you know you seem like that typical like yeah i like that typical guy i I guess that sounds bad (laughs) yeah like yeah it's not just something that like it's a week for girls or for whatever yeah and like what i like is that i still do i mean I, i shouldn't say i gave up my lifestyle, but I opened up to a new way of life as well, right? Because right. I still do those things. I go ride mountain bikes and dirt bike and oh, yeah, yeah. ride motorcycles and do the stuff that mm-hmm. I love. But then I also do yoga before I go or mm-hmm. I meditate or, or whatever. So, and I think it just allows, I mean, obviously allows your life to be so much better. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that I've met, like when I first started posting about it, they were in the same industry, right? Guys who drifted cars and did yeah. all the things that I did. And I've met quite a few people through that. Well, it's inspiring for them to read that. Because a lot of them are like, man, like my friends never talk about this shit. They're all like so hardcore and like, I never know what to say Mm -hmm. and like all that kind of stuff. So I have made good connections through that, which is cool. And I think even people who maybe aren't suffering that bad, like diet, nutrition and little lifestyle choices. Like if you are a professional athlete or race car driver, motocross person, like it can enhance like everything that you're doing, right? Totally. Um, so it can just make you become better, even if you're not necessarily dying from anxiety. So, because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of those kind of people just blow it off where they're like, oh, fuck, I just need to race, 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 do all this shit when go, you go, could go. add, add yeah. other things in that will actually um, be a lot more beneficial. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I could like talk about my like the sexual assault story. Like, I've never really like talked about it openly. Like, Okay. Cause I talk about like my mental health stuff on like Instagram stuff. I don't mind opening up about that, but it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was going to say like, um, yeah, like I'm not get, like, I wasn't going to ask you to do that. Yeah, obviously yeah. I'm mm. not going to try like force <laughs> you to talk about yeah. something. Um, but yeah, it's totally up to you if you want to talk. It doesn't have to be like, that's the other thing. I was like the, the, the podcast doesn't like everyone who kind of reaches like, does it have to be about mental health? I'm mm. like, no, it doesn't. Right. It just has to be about your story and what you've mm. gone through and like, yeah really how just crazy it is growing up as a millennial and all the shit that that can, you know, that people go through. Yeah, well, I think it is kind of interesting because it is kind of a crazy story because I was in Mexico and it, okay. um, 
and you hear these stories and I feel like a lot of people just kind of roll their eyes, but mm-hmm. like they really fucking happen. And like, yeah, yeah. And it's really scary. Like, um, and it's not just Mexico, it's all over the world. So yeah, like, that's nothing to do with the Mexico. <laughs> Don't go people, to Mexico but, ever. Yeah, no, but like, um, I was drugged in a club. Like I only had a few drinks before mm-hmm. and you know how Jamie said like the, he has those like slivers of memory. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to his episode. I'm assuming because I was drugged, I like the memory is so like fuzzy mm-hmm. and blurry, but I have these like slivers of memory and yeah. I like, it's like really fucked up. Oh, like maybe a trigger warning for anyone who like yeah, has might gone through it yeah. or like doesn't, I don't know. Cause I know like it's really intense shit. Mm-hmm. So just like FYI and mom, if you're listening, stop listening. <laughs> um, I woke up in a hotel room of somebody who was Mexican. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like at a, the resort or whatever. Yeah. Um, they, so who are you that you were staying with? Obviously like friends and stuff. This is like the so so fucked up part. I was at the resort for my mom's birthday. Okay. And so it was like near the end of the trip, like the end of the week in Mexico. And I met all these um, like fun people at dinner mm-hmm. and they have nothing to do with the shit that happened. But, mm-hmm. um, and they were all like, yeah, we're going to, have you been to Mexico? Uh, yeah, I've been a couple of times. I feel like there's it was like, like a club. main club. I feel like there's a club that everybody posts a story in. You yeah, know, there's like, and it was yeah. it was that one. It okay. was multiple levels. If yeah, anyone's yeah. been there, um, usually like a lineup outside. I forget what it's called. Um, but and these people were like, yeah, like come out with us t- tonight, or whatever. And like I spent the whole thing. My mom it was amazing, but I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, maybe I'll go like have some fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like, yeah, this was like the year before. Like, yeah, this was when I was already going through some shit. So okay. like. Like my hair was blue on one side and pink on the other, <laughs> which is fine. But like, it was yeah. just a crazy time. We went out that night and like, they were like the kindest group of people. Like they, they were really fun. I don't know. I just, I went to the club and then all of a sudden I woke up in this hotel, like creepy fucking dingy hotel room. The guy had turned on porn and made me watch it, but I have like slivers of memory. So in the I, morning. no, this was like that night. Oh, so, but you remember oh, that. Yeah. So I have a sliver of memory of the porn being on the TV yeah. and me being on the bed and mm-hmm. like him assaulting me. Mm-hmm. And then the next like sliver of memory. So then it's just like completely jumps and yeah. I'm in a car and the car is filled with men and I'm on top of someone and he was assaulting me. It's like, this is like crazy shit. And I never really opened up to like many of my friends about it because it's, I, this was already when I was like screaming for help for so many things. And I, people I felt already thought I wanted attention you know, because I, everything else in my life was great. And so I felt like, like even one of my friends was like, why are you like so depressed mm-hmm. or whatever? Like nothing's going on. You have a great life. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't want to like come home with this fucking story again yeah, and like yeah. for people to be like, oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, like so many people don't believe this sexual assault stuff and it's like really scary. Well, I feel like just in your situation, it's the, it's, it's kind of like, what's that? saying my grandpa used to always say it like the boy who cries wolf or something yeah, and it's totally. not like yeah it just gets to that point where like you do it enough times mm-hmm. that people are just kind of like oh yeah, like whatever yeah. and they play it off and then when something really serious does happen then it's really tough because mm-hmm. who do you lean on yeah and i used to like call my friends if i was like upset and you know I'll call them all the time and mm-hmm. like I would never do that kind of thing now. Anyways, so I didn't want it to be another one of those things where I get home and there's another issue that my mm-hmm. like friends have to deal with. But yeah, so I woke up in that car and I was on top of a guy and I assume they all like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. They all, but I only remember the sliver of like me being on top of this guy. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, I could feel myself coming back to reality and like understanding what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And so I like, tr- like tried to like get out and I got out of the car. It's like so blurry. Lost my wallet that night. Luckily I didn't have my passport with me. Lost, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I don't think I brought my phone out that night. 
but I lost everything. I had no cash on me. And I remember just like falling out of the car and like running to the streets in some random like area. Like you had no idea where you were. I had no idea where I was. I saw a cab and I like flagged him down and I was like, I have no money. And I was like, I was like barely with it. But like, I still remember this. I mm-hmm. was like, I have no money, but like, I need help. Like I, I couldn't even say raped or like assaulted because I was just so in shock. I was yeah. just like something, like I, something happened. Like I need help. Um, can you please drive me to my resort? Like, thankfully I knew my resort name mm-hmm. and I was like, I have no money. And like this guy still drove, drove me, which was nice. Yeah. But then after that, I went to straight to the front desk at the resort and I was like bawling my eyes out and I was like I just got sexually assaulted like I just got raped multiple people um like I was clearly distraught and yeah. this guy at the front desk all he has to say is like sweetie this isn't America you because he obviously thought I was like American yeah he was like this isn't America like there's nothing we we're gonna do like yeah, like, yeah. he was just kind of like brushing it off yeah I just kind of like I kind of feel like he was like well you're drunk kind of like yeah, yeah, like you're just old. go to bed, like yeah. whatever. And I was like, "What? So do I not like go to the hospital?" Like, I thought like that was like protocol, but they they were just like, um, "No, like they just I don't know." They were so freaking rude, and so that was the first person that I ever like really opened up to was just this front desk yeah, guy saying yeah. that it was a problem, and he was already like not believing me. It felt mm-hmm. like and saying it was it's like yeah, not I, my fault, but like it was yeah. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, so. Fuck, I can't even imagine how you felt. Yeah, and so, but ever since after that day, like, also I feel so bad because it was on the trip with my mom, and I was mm-hmm. like, I can't tell my mom. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to ruin a trip, and I've already put her through so much of my like mm-hmm. depressing bullshit and making her worry all the time. I'm not telling her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, and so ever since then, I like like I went home and like I told like Tessa and like mm-hmm. maybe like a, one other friend or something, and like I went to like the doctors and like made sure I was like clean and everything, which yeah. I was. Like yeah. if I wasn't, then I'd probably have fucking panic, like so many panic attacks. That would but be um, like, yeah. yeah, but I was like fine that way. So I went and I went to the police there in in Burnaby or wherever I was. And okay, they were just like, "There's obviously nothing we can really do because yeah. it's Mexico." Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I don't know if anything I can say is like when people like open up to you about something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Just like be there for them. Because, <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember when I talked to Tessa about it and other and whoever else I told about it, I like totally disassociated. Or I can't even say that mm-hmm. word still. I didn't cry about it. You know, I was just like, I don't want to deal with it. And so like for years, I didn't deal with the that trauma because that's tr- traumatic. Yeah, but I 100%. always thought. This is only bad because I've been told in movies and books that like rape is bad and it'll fuck you up for a long time. But I'm like, I'm not going to let it fuck me up. So mm-hmm. like I didn't, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure like deep down it did. And so then when I went to therapy and I like read that story to him and then I like bawled my eyes out. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, I still like I think that kind of did fuck me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so did you guys dig into that more? Um, Like in therapy? Yeah. Um, Maybe how it like affects my relationships now mm-hmm. or lack thereof yeah so it, <laughs> um, but it, and how but, i see men but the ther yeah so the therapy was helpful with it yeah i think it was good for me to, like like i said to talk about something you don't want to talk about mm-hmm. because and i just went in thinking like oh i'm supposed to talk about this in therapy you're supposed to talk about traumatic mm-hmm. things yeah. even though i didn't find it traumatic mm-hmm. because i didn't want to have another thing go wrong with me because i already had these things i was already like trying to kill myself and blah mm-hmm. blah blah and i was known like by like my friend group for being that person. So I was like, I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so yeah. I think just like, just reading it out loud and 
um, he's, you know, I was like, I was more mad. I'm mad that those guys did that. And I'm mad mm-hmm. that they're going to do it again, especially if there's multiple in a group. Like they probably have some sort of system where they go to the club oh, yeah, and like drug someone or whatever and take them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's super scary. Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've heard a lot of people's stories, uh, um, about that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's usually like, I mean, not that it, okay, <laughs> not that it's any better where it mm-hmm. happens, no. but like, you know, even just being in your own country mm-hmm. and then being over there is like that much scarier, right? You yeah. wait, you literally have no idea where you are. You've mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just feel like that's a mm-hmm. super extreme. And, um, yeah. And he said, since the first person I talked to about it, which is the front get desk guy, the first person did not give me comfort, did not mm-hmm. show emotion or like say, like, I'm so sorry that happened to you or like anything. So now I think like a, I don't know, maybe like why I don't have troubles opening up now still mm-hmm. about if I'm having a hard day is because I'm just scared that someone's going to dismiss it. And, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I feel like in your scenario for so long, like since it got to the point where people just kind of blow it off, it's mm-hmm. like if you are actually having, you know, a bad day or whatever mm-hmm. and you talk about it, they're just going to be like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know? I felt like a broken record. Oh, this is another bad thing that's happening to me. And I was like, I don't want to deal with it. So like, I also noticed that, like, usually it's funny to pay attention to things like that when, you know, people say, like, oh, how are you doing? Like, most people don't actually say how they're doing. No, they're you know so what good. I mean? It's just doing? such a common, like, yeah, good, good. And it's like, <laughs> are you, though? Like, I and I, I say it all the time when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. But, like, I'm not. No, yeah, but um, you don't want to talk about it. Or, and, like, you don't think they want to hear it. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, like, I just don't feel like explaining it. And sometimes... Um, you know, I think maybe it's a lot for that person. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I didn't meet up with them because I just wanted to like talk about some shit right Mm -hmm. now. I I don't know. So sometimes it's kind of like whether you personally feel like talking about it. And then sometimes for me, it's also a block of like, do, do they want to, Right. right. Or sometimes people aren't even open. Sometimes I do open up and just be like, yeah, like, Honestly, man, like I'm not good. I've been fucked mm-hmm. up the past couple like days. I'm not feeling good, blah, blah, blah. And then they're kind of like, they they don't even know what to say. Exactly. But I realized like lately, but I was like, it's not just that they're supposed to give advice. Like I used to be like, I don't want to talk to someone because I don't want them to give me advice because I don't think any advice is going to help, frankly. Yeah. But I realized that just l- letting it out and just saying it mm-hmm. is is way more important than just like worried about the advice or what if yeah. whatever they're going to say. Like yeah. you have to just like spit it out. Just let them listen. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like even for me, it's uncomfortable to... Um, like, I never know what to say. I always feel like I have to Same. say something that's, like, helpful or meaningful or, um, and it, it's really, it's hard. Like, I've had a couple friends recently deal with, like, deaths of their parents, um, and. Oh, yeah, like, what do you say to that? Like, three or four f- people recently, and. Holy shit. I just don't no like mm-hmm. it literally at one point i googled what do you say to people mm-hmm. when their parent dies and like yeah. i just had no clue i'm like man like and i don't know there's nothing that i can say that can help and i've mm-hmm. never been in that situation mm-hmm. before right so it's just like i don't know and like as much as i feel like i really want to help them i just have no clue like so basically i don't know i still don't know what to say I, googling yeah. it didn't really help that much <laughs> but i'm just kind of like I don't know. It's and and I'm scared I'm going to say the wrong thing, and then they might mm. be upset. Or I feel like I used to be so good at giving advice, like when people had issues. But now, yeah, same. I've literally no idea what to say, and I 
I feel like a lot of people like don't even want to be told what to like feel or, and mm-hmm. I mean, not that that's what advice is, but yeah, like I said, it's just, I think it's more important for them to just say it out loud or for mm-hmm. you to just say it aloud to somebody. Yeah. I think, um, you feel less anxious. Yeah. And like, I, my friend was in the hot, like been in and out while his, his, um, dad's in the hospital and I, uh, went there to see them and I was nervous cause I was like, fuck, like what's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I wasn't sure what state um, his dad was in and I, you know, w- with him and like, are we going to be sitting there and like, I don't know, what's it going to be mm-hmm. like? And I was scared. Like I might not know what to say and all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And we uh, were sitting, we just like saw his dad for a bit. And then we went out and sat in this, um, like just the waiting room and we were talking and he hadn't told me the whole story yet about what happened. So he started talking about it. And then, like we were just talking normally and then he was started explaining the story a little bit more and then he just burst out crying. And I was just like, fuck instantly. I was so scared. I'm like, okay, like what yeah. the hell do I do? Like, you don't want to give nothing. to and I, Yeah. And I feel like at that point I always want to say something and like, I'm always really scared of like touching people or yeah. something. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I just was like, fuck it. I don't even like, cause we were sitting across from each other. Yeah. I just like moved over and sat beside him and just put my arm around him. And I was just like, I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, I don't even have to it. say that, anything. Yeah, I just, just, yeah. just held him. And like, I don't know, that was comforting um, for me too. Like it just mm-hmm. felt good to do that. And I didn't feel like I had to say anything. I was just like, whatever. And like, if I were to put myself in that situation, I think like that's all that I would want. Yeah, like, sometimes you don't want. I don't to need talk some like or... I. I feel like I wouldn't need somebody to sit there and try and tell me like it's going to be fine or yeah, whatever. Like, sometimes it's gonna you don't want to hear that. Like, I'm almost. like, man, like, yeah, I'm just like, fuck, I don't need to hear any more shit. Can yeah. you just shut up and listen to yeah, me and yeah. like give me a hug or something, mm-hmm. right? Or just sit there with me, or like sometimes like just sit and watch TV with your friend, or maybe like play a board game, or like go for a walk, and you don't even have to talk about the crap that, you're going through sometimes that's nice for yeah me. that's the other thing too is like when people are going through that stuff i'm you know i can be like you know if you want to talk i'm happy to talk or if you want to just sit there in complete silence mm-hmm. i'll just fucking sit i don't have to say anything like i'm actually that used to weird me out like mm-hmm. a lot it would be silent i'm like fuck like this is awkward <laughs> yeah, and now yeah. i'm like i don't care like and that's that's a good trait in a friend too right is someone who like can talk you can talk to them but also someone who you can sit there with in complete silence and not feel weird about silence yeah when i have that with a friend i'm like this is it yeah you're just (laughs) sitting and it's like yeah so Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. something that like maybe i'll get better at as the time goes by but i think uh no i think you're doing great with how you help people i think the the little things are helpful too yeah and the fact that you care the fact that you're having that conversation in your head is how do i help this i don't know what to do like yeah true I don't know. I think that's shows something about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So sh- I just want to like, um, before we end it, talk, like talk about privilege that okay. I have. And a lot of other people have mm-hmm. with a lot of people don't have the help or the education or the understanding. They don't have the emotional support. They don't have the financial support mm-hmm. to get through mental illness. I am so lucky that I had parents that were there for me emotionally and financially. Mm-hmm. I never had to worry about how much medication costs. It hit me one day when I was um, in the kitchen and I saw like a bill on the table and it was like an ambulance bill. Cause I did, I took a 
few ambulances in okay. my time. Yeah, and, they're not cheap. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a lot better here than it is in like America or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it adds up regardless. Mm-hmm. And I had never even crossed my mind that ambulances cost money. Like, I'm I don't think many people know that actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know either. And, mm-hmm. and my grandma had to take one. One time I remember my parents bitching about. I don't even know. Fucking bitch about the bill or some yeah, shit. Yeah. I don't even know. But that's the first time that I knew, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. But, and my parents didn't bring it up to me. They, you know, they understood that this is like an illness and mm-hmm. they they would totally like support me through that. Yeah. And then, t- so yeah, just, to, I think it's important to recognize, recognize your privilege because so many people, yeah, don't have that. Mm-hmm. So if anyone doesn't have that emotionally, I'd love to help you financially as much as I can. <laughs> because, which I'm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. Or if anyone is also has, I think it's just important to recognize it. Yeah. That's something that I think about a lot is like, because I believe in a more like holistic approach to things. I don't Mm -hmm. think that you shouldn't take medication. I Mm -hmm. think like, obviously it's there, but I think like, you know, just like to me, yoga is a holistic approach, right? right? Like doing that and and doing all the, you know, the other things you are journaling, like Mm -hmm. all that stuff is like falls into it. Yeah. There's other ways for sure. Mm -hmm. yoga is expensive. Yeah, it and is. And like, you mm-hmm. know, some people can't even do that. And I th- and I was super privileged as well with everything that I went through, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I had, you know, my parents had no idea what to do or what was going on, yeah. but, um, but you know, they wanted to yeah. know. And, uh, you know, my grandpa helped out a lot, um, paying for a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff that I had to do. And if I wasn't able to do that, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, and, and it never crossed my mind till recently, like... Yeah. And I mean, I, I had, you know, like I luckily had my business at that point too, mm-hmm. which was like pulling some money in and like I had the freedom. I didn't mm-hmm. have to try and go to work every day, right, yeah, all so those yeah. kinds of things mm-hmm. that, that allowed me to do that. But how do other people afford that? Right. Mm-hmm. Like so many people, especially living out here, like they're just trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're just trying to put food on their table sometimes. It's like, yeah. Everyone's well, not everyone, but most people are pretty like paycheck to paycheck ish, yeah, yeah. and it's just priorities and stuff too, right? Most people would rather spend two hundred bucks on beer and food mm-hmm, than yeah. other things, but I mean, I don't know. Even when you do get to that point and you're ready to do it, the money is usually mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah, and, and Canada is a bit better, but like America, like I was watching this show Shameless, and yeah, yeah, and like yeah, they if you don't have money mm-hmm. or whatever, you like, you, it's so hard to get help. Like, oh yeah. It's, it's, even, it's getting better, but like, eh, well, cause really. they're even the, like the, you know, the normal medical system is expensive and here, like anything holistic is never covered. Like you want to mm-hmm. go see a natural path, mm-hmm. like the one in Fort Langley, you're like minimum 500 bucks yeah. by the time you get in for a consultation. Mm-hmm. Your side just want to be happy and, again and have energy. And it's like yeah. so much. So it's hard. Um, and I always kind of think about it cause like there's gotta be, I don't know. I think eventually things will start getting covered, but I don't know. And like, you know, there's a lot of like live in places too that you can go to that are like my natural patch just opened one and it's all live in and you go and I don't know, but I found one other one in Alberta and it's like $15,000 a month. Yeah. So it's like, who the fuck can ever afford that? Yeah. And Um, it's like when people don't get help, that's how they end up doing drugs. That's how they end mm -hmm. up on the streets. Like it's when they don't have... You know, like if I yeah. didn't have, the, like maybe I would be there. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I'd be abusing drugs. Maybe I'd be. You it know. could be a lot worse. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I don't I know. Hopefully, that note, but. hopefully someday there'll be some sort of support system for yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's, I mean, that's a lot that like mm-hmm. to open up about and, and share that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. Also, it took me like three times to spell mental millennials right. By the <laughs> podcast, <so>. Yeah, <laughs> embarrassing. I, I could barely, I finally can, it's millennials. That's like, there's two L's yeah. and then two N's or yeah, something. I don't know. So. It auto, it auto does it on yeah, my phone yeah. all the time now, but no, thanks for coming out. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably do another one in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Bye. Bye.